so do you want to jump in? Yeah, do you want to talk about anything like, I know this is kind of silly, but we discussed it with Dubliners. Do you want to talk about the way the book looks that we are reading? Um, oh, yeah, Because okay. I kind of, um, I'm interested I mean, that is fair, because there are, more so than Dubliners or uh, even Portrait of the Artist, there are, like, multiple, I mean, this is a huge text. There are, like, you know, revised editions and all kinds of different things. Um, and we'll get to a chapter where, like, the ending is, like, a big, uh, typographical issue. Um, publishers don't go with what Joyce wanted to have at the end of a certain chapter. Um, not this one, but, uh, yeah, so I have, I used to have like a Penguin Classics, I think, or a Vintage International, but I somehow lost it. Um, and now I stole my brother's Gabler edition, which is like a revised uh, somewhat revised copy. What? Yeah, because um, mine says as corrected and reset in 1961. Is that what you have? Okay, I think I might have the same one. I have to look at the... Okay. Uh, oh, man, I, mine was corrected and reset in <laughs> 1993. I have a newer... Oh, God. Maybe worse version. Who knows? Yeah, I hope that doesn't mess us up, but... No, it, it probably won't. Only, like, minor things. Yeah, okay. Um, my cover is your Vintage International, I think probably the same kind you had, where the title is Perpendicular, and the yeah. green glasses are on the top of the top of the S mm -hmm. with a hat. Yeah. It looks cool. It looks gr Pretty gritty. Classic. Okay. Yeah. It's very uh, unusual. It's very unique. Mine just said Ulysses on it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming uh, the original publication was a very plain cover. I'm it was assuming. like a blue, uh, very like uh, dark blue cover. Yeah. The Shakespeare and Co. Um, yeah, you should look up a picture just yeah, to see how Joyce originally said it. Said it and forget it. Um... Looking at images now. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, do you want to jump into the chapter itself? Yes. It's Telemachus. I wanted to jump uh, into the chapter, but I want to, since you're more familiar with it, I wanted to kind of give okay. you my impression of it first, maybe. Okay. Because I, 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 I don't know. Yeah, without any doctoring by me. Yeah, basically, you know, I, I thought of a couple of ways to explain the experience of reading it. And I had already read, you know, uh, I think I told you 37 pages a while back. And then um, right. I, I reread them, of course. But, um, yeah, so the experience was kind of like a sort of taking everything in from a hose, it felt like. You know, it was more an experience versus reading something. It was more like walking through a book versus remembering the details of a book and the plot and everything. So... Uh, I tried to just use your dictum from when we initially began to talk about Joyce, which was it should be fun to read Joyce. So yeah. I didn't worry about the illusions so much or the or the historical references or the words I didn't know. I kind of just read it. So um, read it straight okay. through, you know. So uh, I definitely think it'll be interesting okay. to continue along. You know, I know there are different styles yeah. and different chapters, but it will be it will be. Like Portrait of the Artist, it will get easier, I think, for me to comprehend uh, without trying so hard. 
as I go yeah, along. Yeah, at different times. Yeah. Okay, I wanted to get that out of the way. Now, um, I'll say I'll say different. I'll say different chapters that have different, you know, uh, levels of difficulty. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, to give uh, Stuart Gilbert's like uh, rubric for this chapter, uh, which is just one. It's just uh, you know, it doesn't technically have a title or anything. Um, but yeah, Stuart Gilbert gives the scene as the tower. Hour is 8 a.m. Art is theology, uh, which we'll talk about. Symbol is air and technic. Air as in H-E-I-R, not A-I-R. Um, and the technique, technic is narrative, parentheses, young. Wait, so, so I guess we'll get into all of that. What was his purpose for defining that, just to sort of... I mean, what do you mean? What? Why are those yeah, the categories? I mean, these are well. Every every episode will have all five of those, or almost all five of those. Okay. Um. Yeah. Each to to kind of uh, cue into the style, and um, some of those to cue into the particular parts of Ulysses that this is. But I mean, is that uh, like at the top of your of page? Of. Is that at the top of your chapter to read? Because I don't have that. No. Okay. No, that's that, that's not in the text itself. That's just in the Stuart Gilbert uh, book about Ulysses. Okay. Um. So yeah, this kind of corresponds. These first three, actually, first three episodes correspond with the Telemachiad at the beginning of the Odyssey. Um, where Telemachus is like moodily brooding while the usurpers are, uh, the suitors are trying to suit Penelope. Antinous is like mocking him and jesting at him. Um, and so yeah, we get, we get certain of those resonances, obviously, here with, you know, like, uh, Buck Mulligan and his kind of, uh, patronizing, I guess. I'm not sure how condescending, uh, way he talks to, to, to Daedalus and, um, the fact that he, like, I mean, it, the chapter ends with the literally calling him a usurper for taking the key, um, even though Stephen somehow is paying the rent, um, even though, uh, Buck Mulligan, it sounds like he has access to a lot more money than Stephen. Um, yeah, the, the, that, 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 that's kind of the place in your Ulysses that were, yeah, that, 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 like first, I think it's the first four parts of Ulysses, of, of the Odyssey, um, until, like, uh, until Athena comes and, uh, makes Telemachus get off his ass, basically, um, that pushes him to, to go look for his father, and then that starts the Odyssey in, like in 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 full. Um, so yeah, this is kind of a, as you can tell from what I just said, uh, this is kind of like a carryover, kind of like a inter intermediary between the end of Portrait of the Artist as a Young Man and the beginning of like the real Odyssey, which is when we start with Leopold Bloom. Okay. Um, so yeah, this is kind of moving us from one to the other. And I also think it's stylistically moving us from one to the other. I was surprised reading this that so much of the narrative is just like Stephen's thoughts. Um, so much of the narrative is just like basic, um, 
like like not given any like parentheses around it, not not like told to you as Stephen thought, you know, he's just as afraid of my art as I am of his art. It's just, yeah, um, the narrative itself has a lot of me's and my's and I's um, as it, you know, takes the place of Daedalus. Um, So there's this, but but it's not all, you know, his his interior monologue. It's not all his silent monologue. Um, So yeah, stylistically, it's a little bit of, between those two, it's a little bit between like straightforward narrative, um, third person narrative or whatever, and it kind of like slyly slides into first person narrative. Yeah. Did you think the Stephen um, of this chapter matched the Stephen that we left off in Portrait of the Artist? Uh, he's a little bit older. It's been a year plus since that happened and since we left him and like his mom died and um he went to paris for a little while which we'll hear about more um and so yeah he's he's, he's a little bit older kind of very similar though still very like cynical still um feels dispossessed um yeah, still the jejun uh, Jesuit or fearful Jesuit, or um, yeah, still like like with that incident that we have we hear about uh, with his mother. I'll stop jumping around, but um, yeah, the incident we hear about with his mother, where he refused to kneel down at the side of her bed um, as she died. Um, so yeah, still that kind of like principled Jesuit non-believer. Uh, that he was at the end. Um, when we were talking about Stephen Daedalus and his, like, internal conflict over, you know, going to Easter and doing the Easter stuff, um, yeah, it's kind of, uh, an extension there. But yeah, he's supposed to be, like, a little bit, uh, older, a little bit, maybe more jaundiced. Um, we'll get to know this version of Stephen a little bit better. Especially in like Proteus, but yeah, we'll get we'll, we'll get more. Okay. Um, still in search of a father, or maybe more more explicitly in search of a father now. Um, even Buck Mulligan says something like Japheth in search of a in search of a father. Uh, we already get um, uh, like I was talking about how paternity is one of the the topics of the book last time. We already get some mention of that. We already get some coy. Uh, the, the way Joyce will introduce a, a theme, like coyly having a character we don't like mention it. Haynes talking about the father and son idea, which, um, Daedalus in a page and a half extends to talking about like all the different like consubstantiality, heresies, Arius, and, uh, Thelius and all those guys, uh, extensions of the father son idea, which will run throughout. Um, yeah, we already get like a, I think we get like a more intimate sense of the way his mind works, the kind of associative way his mind works, the leaping way that his mind will go between things, um, and the way that like he'll come up with, I mean, we, we, we get that little like epigram, the wildish epigram where, um, yeah, uh, Buck Mulligan is shaving and they're playing around, or they have the mirror. Um, laughing again, this is for me, page six. Uh, 
Patching again, he brought the mirror away from Stephen's peering eyes. Uh, and then this is Buck Mulligan. The rage of Caliban at not seeing his face in the mirror, he said. If Wilde were only alive to see you, um, a reference to the opening or the, the, the prologue to um, the picture of Dorian Gray. Uh, you know, the, the rage of Caliban not seeing his face in the mirror is the, the modern or contemporary distaste of realism or whatever. Or uh, romanticism, my bad, <laughs> I suppose that. Um, okay, drawing back and pointing, Stephen said with bitterness, it is a symbol of Irish art, the cracked looking glass of a servant. Um, and so, yeah, we, 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 we see that, like, mental, the, the, the workings of his brain, which um, even more more than just, like, working off, the, like, literal things that he's in, in, in his presence, that cracked looking glass is also a, a wild thing um, from Heart of Intention. I forget which essay. Um, but yeah, cracked looking glass. Um, yeah, the, the the idea that he, or he's, Wilde is, is writing about the idea of art being just like a holding up a mirror to society is reducing the, I think it's reducing genius down to a cracked looking glass. So yeah, um, that association of just like Buck Mulligan mentioning Wild and you know handing him the handing or yeah having him hand back and them exchanging the mirror back and forth so much um, we kind of see how his brain is working to come up with that epigram um, but also just like those like I was saying those those eyes and me's and my's the the, the um, monologue-ish the interior monologue-ish moments in the uh, in, in, in the, the narrative itself are already getting um, kind of Daedalian, the way Daedalus kind of his, his brain works. Um, I think of like when the when the milk lady is there from page 12, uh, silk of the kind and poor old woman, names given her in old times, a wandering crone, lowly from lowly form of an immortal serving, her conqueror and her gay betrayer, their common cut queen, and messenger from the secret morning to serve or to upbraid, whether he could not tell, but scorned to beg her favor. Um, so yeah, uh, he's just the, the the lady who brings their milk is just pour, like measuring out, and they have like you know just like a typical conversation. Um, but yeah, uh, Daedalus is already dropping into like silk of the kind. And the poor old woman have like associations with Ireland itself, and then her conqueror Haynes, who's like a stand-in, he, he calls himself a Britisher, um, and her gay betrayer Buck Mulligan, uh, you know the the collaborator collaborator with the uh, with the British, um, their common cut queen, a messenger from the secret morning. Um, so yeah, we we see how his brain is like expanding out from just mm-hmm. an old lady brought me milk. Um, a messenger from the secret morning that that idea of the morning world is also like resonant of Athena um, again remembering that you know when Athena came and upbraided uh, Telemachus to go out into the world um, so yeah uh, we're, 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 we're getting like a even more intimate than just like his his diaries which are uh, how we ended Portrait of the Artist as a Young Man. Because, um, yeah, diaries are necessarily what you think to write down. 
um, yeah, this is more, even more uncut, even more just direct from Stephen's brain to the page. So let me ask you about Buck Mulligan real quick. Am I correct yeah. in, in reading him as a larger-than-life figure, a sort of, uh, dare I, I don't want to say Falstaffian, like because I know you're a Falstaff, but he's very full <laughs> of life. He feels he feels very sure of himself, uh, damn the torpedoes, like, yeah. you know, he's got a lot to say. Yeah. He seems fun, but like you said, he is condescending, so maybe I'm misreading him. Yeah, he's, he's a... a uh, vulgarian, he's kind of lewd. Um, he is entertaining, I right. think, to some degree. Definitely. Uh, but yeah, like you said, he's 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 kind of a dick to to Stephen, um, who who thinks of him as usurper, as gay betrayer. Well, especially about um, his dead mother, which we need to talk about, obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll get to. But um, yeah, he fears the lancet of my art as I fear that of his. Uh, the cold steel pen. Do you think? Um, do you think this is yeah. chuck full of stuff? And I, I underlined something way on down the line. I think it's the second episode where um, this is when. Uh, like you were talking about deadliest uh, having a sort of a a way about his statements, kind of like Wild did. I don't know. I don't remember what you call them, deadliestisms or something. Anyway, I don't know if you said that or not, yeah. but. Um, didn't you say that a minute ago? He, you were like, this is how he speaks. Maybe, I don't know. Okay, anyway. Uh, he ta- he says, okay, I don't know. <laughs> all right, so he's talking to the, this is later on, but it's making my point about the first episode. He's talking. To, yeah, he's talking to Cranley. Um, or sorry, Mr. Uh, Deasy. Uh, uh, Mr. Deasy. And uh, he, they're talking about God and he says, no, 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 I'm, I'm, shit, I'm sorry. I'm getting out of my, um. Uh, out of my place here. Anyway, he talks about, he hears the noises outside. He says, I am among them, among their battling uh, bodies in a medley, the joust of life. Okay. Anyway, do you think when you read this book that it's supposed to be sort of stuff full of stuff? And that's kind of, it's supposed to be overwhelming when you initially get through it, kind of wading through different details and um, the confusing well, I think that's, thoughts. that's kind of the way Daedalus's brain works. Yeah. Um, that's kind of what I was trying to say. Yeah, he kind of it's, leaps around a lot mm-hmm. um kind of dizzying compared to definitely compared to leopold and then we'll get a third narrator at the or we'll get a third interior monologue at the end but i don't want to don't want to spoil things um <laughs> yeah uh like um so yeah these first three episodes these are all daedalus but um yeah it'll it'll change after that interesting um yeah, I think Daedalus is supposed to be kind of, uh, or I mean, Daedalus is dizzying. Daedalus, you know, um, is very like associative, and he has all that uh, all that Jesuitical learning. Yeah, um, like you said, it's kind of like I like how you said it that he takes something like the milkmaid lady, and then it expands, yeah. sort of like you can imagine it, sort of as yeah. an image of something that just blows up like a balloon. Going out, Ancient lady, you know yeah. what I mean? Um, yeah. <laughs> so, Buck Mulligan has an issue with Daedalus, which it, it, it's a sensible issue, I think. You know, it's something his aunt has a problem with Daedalus too, where his mother, on her deathbed, asked him to kneel down to pray, basically, 
and he refused yeah. to do it. And I looked it up, and his mother, uh, sorry, the author's mother, James Joyce's mother, died in 1903. So I wanted to ask you about that specifically. Is it biographical? And then secondly, so we need to talk about that it. isn't purely biographical. Stanislav Joyce reported that um, well after his mother was unconscious, uh, like she was alive technically, but like not ordering people around, certainly. Some uncle gave a gruff order for uh, Joyce to kneel down and he didn't listen. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, uh, that's an that's a good question because that shows how uh, Joyce is kind of dramatizing that uh, differently. Um, yeah, I like how I like how we we like jump around to that because uh, they're like just looking out at the at the uh, at the sea. To, I don't know how to speak Greek, but Talata Talata, which is the 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 sea in Greek. Um, that's what they cried in the revolution, or um, not 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 the revolution. That's when they they cried in, like at battle when people would come back. Um, I don't know my Xenophon that well, <laughs> um, but yeah, Talata uh, Talata, the 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 the, the sea, the sea. She is our great sweet mother. Come and look, our mighty mother. Buck Mulligan said he turned abruptly, his gray searching eyes from the sea to Stephen's face, and then from one mother to another. The aunt thinks you killed your mother. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, uh, it's not, you know, like prosecuting some case or something. We're just like randomly looking out at the ocean and then that happens to make him think of, happens to make Buck Mulligan think of Stephen and his mother. Um, I don't know if I, I I definitely don't, uh, if I, if I heard that somebody else was doing, was, not kneeling down. I mean, I'm, I'm coming from a different religious perspective, but yeah, I wouldn't care. <laughs> um, I guess. I guess it's. I think uh, in this version, that he could have given his mother. Yeah, I think in this version, she was mute, but she was looking at him sternly, and everybody else was kneeling. I think that's the version in the novel. Uh, you know, and then obviously she's haunting him in his dreams. So she does make an appearance as a yeah. ghost a number of times throughout right. this chapter. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Buck Mulligan yeah, and going back to the symbol of the air. Buck Mulligan and their friend Haynes. I don't think they're believers necessarily, but they're sort of practical uh, people. You know, without this level yeah, of thought Haynes in everything. Haynes is an asshole. So, yeah, he just has that, like, assumed... Yeah, I don't think uh, Haynes takes a side on this or anything. indifferent. Yeah, but I think that maybe that's why they get along. He's an asshole-ish businessman, you yeah. know. Um, not going to take a side be just because that'll make, you know, somebody, that could make somebody else mad. Mm-hmm. As opposed to, to Daedalus, who is a person and has opinions. <laughs> um and is like yeah uh yeah principle he's um if he doesn't believe in the right he's not going to perform the right and make a mockery of it by uh doing it without believing in it right but i get the sense like i said haynes doesn't weigh in on that but buck mulligan and him seem to get along because i think they're committed to being practical and you got this yeah they're collaborators they're the usurpers there there you go um, the gay betrayer and the whatever from that that uh, line I read, and the then conqueror and the gay betrayer or whatever. Daedalus is the poet committed to his ideal, right? Um, yeah. 
sort of trying to find it or something. Betrayed. Haunted by yeah. the need to understand things, you know. Um, yeah, can we yeah. talk about where they're living and why? Because they're living in a tower, which seems unusual. The tower. Uh, yes. So one of those Martello towers that dot Dublin uh, that were built as defense against the French. Was it common that people against. lived in them, I guess? Like sort of a rental house I mean, that people converted? I towers. Yeah. Um, I don't think, a, I mean, there weren't that many of them. and uh, uh, This would be like living I, in a yeah, lighthouse I, mean, I don't or think something. it was a normal thing. Okay. But yeah, I mean, in other words, the, they're not soldiers or anything. They're just living there as, because someone converted it to a rental yeah. home. Uh, is there a significance in that well, the, to the, Joyce? The Department of Defense or whatever. Is um, I think there's resonance with like, uh, just like the image of a tower. I think. Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of, it's striking. The, yeah, I mean. the, the, we we do have the uh, cicada that just flew over to, flew on me. <laughs> um, we do get the first couple mentions of Omphalos, um, kind of seeing the their their starting point as the influence of the world, the navel of the world, um, or the nave of the world, navel of the world. Um, speaking of mother imagery, uh, I'm looking, I, I know the first one, or one of them is on page seven to ourselves, New Paganism, Omphalos. Um, there's a better one later, which I'm also looking for, but cannot find. Um, yeah. Oomphalo. Okay. So Billy Pitt. So for me, this is page fifteen. Yeah, this is better. Okay. My pages are jiving uh, with your so pages, Pitt, by the way. I think they're set to. For, uh, do you also have line numbers? So for me, it's like line yeah, yeah, five hundred forty-two or something. Oh. Uh, Billy Pitt had them built. Buck Mulligan said when the French were on the sea, but ours is the umphalos. The umphalos, uh, I think, is Greek for navel the belly button of the world, the, the, the kind of idea of, yeah, that being like the seed of where we start from. Um, you know, the, the belly button as the, uh, we receive the, the, the placenta and, um, yeah. where, you know, uh, yeah, it's kind of the beginning of life. Um, so yeah, Umphalos is, yeah, the idea of their tower, their, their, their the place where they live, their home being kind of, the uh, yeah the center because that's the starting place, which for us is also true because yeah this is the starting point <laughs> of the book, um, and also a place that he is exiled from. Um, so yeah, Stephen Daedalus and Joyce had this constant sense of being exiled, and uh, as we get at the end of the chapter, I will not sleep here tonight. Home also I cannot go. Um, so yeah, he means like the Daedalus house. Um, but yeah, uh, so ours is the Umphalos, but the usurpers have taken it over. Um, mm. And yeah, this tower is being being taken by, by Mulligan and the Haineses of the world. Very good. That's, um, a, that's a good explanation. Um, oh yeah, I guess. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> do you want to go through the, the, the rest of the... Yeah, so I mean, we started at the tower... Um, I guess the hour is kind of self it's, it's, they woke up at 8 a.m. It's morning, yeah. Um, the art here, 
theology this is like the invocation of the muse in a weird way uh you know how like the odyssey and and i mean we read paradise lost in, the, in our mountain class um you know you'll have those invocations of the muse um this is obviously not like a literal or like a straightforward invocation of the muse or an earnest invocation of the muse um but this whole like cut like the the buck mulligan shaving thing um, the like way the mirror and the razor lay cross. That's like, um, all of that goes back to, to, uh, uh, Roman Catholic tradition of like the, the, you know, how things are supposed to be held at the altar and stuff. Um, in Troibo ad Altera Day and, um, all the different invocations that they give, um, throughout that like beginning part, um, and then even, yeah, when they're, like, eating and, uh, uh, yeah, um, that prayer that he, uh, li- Liliata, I can't, my, my, I can't do, do, uh, Latin. Um, but yeah, yeah, all, all that beginning and all the, like, um, for this, oh, dearly beloved, is the genuine Christine, body and soul and blood and oins. Slow music, please. Shut your eyes, gents. One moment. A little trouble about these white corpuscles. Silence all. Um, he had said in a preacher's tone. Um, yeah, that's what that's what I mean by the artist theology. Um, and we get other mentions of the theology, like I said, the father and son idea, those uh, heresiarchs of the church. And... Um, I read a theological interpretation of it somewhere. He said, bemused the father and son idea, the son striving to be atoned with the father. Um, so yeah, we're getting, uh, in this, in this invocation, uh, we are getting, yeah, just some sly and not so sly. Cause yeah, I think the first couple of pages are, are not terribly sly. Uh, yeah, uh, God stuff. I, I couldn't necessarily go through and tell you exactly all the the uh, blasphemous things they're doing and the the, the symbols of um, yeah the mirror and the razor and everything. Um, but yeah, it's definitely a bathic. It's definitely a heretic uh, attitude towards the uh, Holy Roman traditions. Um, is that more towards the, you mean like their attitude towards life maybe and their approach to it? I just mean, I just mean like literally just like those first couple pages where he's shaving and, and they pass kind back of mocking. and forth the mirror and stuff. That's, okay. that's just like a parody of, uh, yeah, the, the, the Roman mass. Catholic, um, yeah, the mass. So... The, are these are these people living together because they're friends, or is it happenstance? Because I know Buck Mulligan by the end of the first episode is talking about he's excited for um, for Stephen to get paid so they can go get drunk. So it seems like yeah, so they're kind of friends. Yeah, it seems like they're friends. So Daedalus doesn't necessarily have like bosom buddies, I guess. Right. Um, just as Joyce had this friend called Gogarty who is kind of um the pattern whom Buck Mulligan is patterned after. Um kind of like going back to Portrait of the Artist actually, where like 
uh, Daedalus has these, like, adversarial, almost, relationships with friends that, like, uh, yeah, it's not necessarily, you know, like I said, not bosom buddies. Um, I wouldn't call them, yeah, they, 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 they just they just have this kind of, like, ambiguous relationship um, where they, 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 are I mean other people would probably account them friends I guess. But then underneath um, Stephen has which, which is obvious definitely resents him. Yeah, to an extent it's obvious to Buck Mulligan because he asked him why he can't stand yeah. him or whatever, and the reason was the way he spoke yeah. about his mother. Um, but yeah, well, okay. His so does that? Let me ask yeah, you. Let me ask you this: Looking forward, does that set us up for the the remainder of the day? Um, or is I mean, is that important, their, their well, bond? remember that most of the day isn't going to focus on Daedalus. Right, um, Leopold Bloom, right? It's going gonna, gonna to take over. Yeah, we're going to get to Leopold Bloom. Uh, a little bit, we, yeah. So, I mean, just remember how Daedalus interacts with these people his age. And, okay. Um, because kind of you... stands apart from the people his age. You implied in the last episode that, that. basically... And forgive me for my ignorance here, but you implied from the, from the last episode that the whole crux towards the ending is Stephen meeting Leopold. Yeah. So we're kind of getting background, yeah, I mean, like you like you said. This is kind of the, the intro. This is the intro, and we have yeah. Portrait of the Artist. So maybe that's why Stephen is the one to lead us into this Odyssey or the story. Yeah. Well, also because he's the son, and in the Odyssey, that like is the first. Okay. Uh, I'm revealing my forgetfulness. Well, whatever. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, that, that makes of the, sense. Of the Odyssey. Okay. Yeah. So, interesting. Um, interesting placement of... I mean, like, I'm assuming that it's Joyce. It doesn't start... It, it's James Joyce, so I'm assuming every single thing is significant. You know what I mean? But yeah. I don't exactly know how. So... Yeah, you, 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 yeah I guess um, the... I guess yeah. For these first, definitely the for the for the beginning before things kind of like uh, start to pay off. Be patient and just remember things. Be patient okay. and let them accumulate. Okay. Um, yeah, it, it, it's it's way too early to try to uh, know everything to get over your skis and uh, yeah, just, just yeah, just just re- receive, be receptive. Okay. At this point. Well, and we learn um, in the second, I guess that's that's pretty much the first episode uh, enough. And then the second episode, we learn that Stephen has a job, which surprised me. <laughs> um, he's a oh, teacher. We, we knew that. Uh, did we know that? I guess maybe I knew that. Um, I don't think we know that by the end of the I think I think in the first one we know, because he's talking about how you have to go oh, to the first job episode. school. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because no. he's going to get paid. No, that's true. Yeah, he's yeah. going to get paid from his, his, his job at the school. Yeah, but uh, we see him in action in the second kids. episode. We see him in action. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you want to talk about the second episode? I, I hadn't prepared for the second episode, but I mean, I've read it. Oh, hold on now. So I thought we were doing it by chapter. We're not doing it by chapter. We're doing it by episode. Well, <laughs> uh, I mean, if you take a look at the second part, well... Are you slacking? Yeah, the second part of this book... The second part of this book is... From episode two to like episode fifteen. Oh, uh, the third part of this book starts on like page four hundred or something. So yeah, we could not. That would be uh, basically physically impossible. I'm, I'm, I'm. 
actually underestimating how much the second part of the book would be. No, but yeah, hold on. I, I read the first chapter. So what is, what are you reading for the, per week? What is your... Uh... I just read the... Oh, jeez. Okay, so the second part of the book goes from, for me, page, and I think maybe for you, page 45 to page 400. I see what you're saying. You're talking... They're not chapters. They're parts. So... so it, uh, okay. Yeah, so... There's 18 the episodes, part, right? Is there 18 episodes? Yeah, 18 oh. episodes. And three parts. Oh, okay. So if we were trying to do it by parts, that would be... Sorry, I, mean, I thought the parts were the episodes. I didn't look... The first part. I didn't look past the second part, so I didn't know. Um, okay. Okay. <laughs> sorry, that sorry, was, sorry. I mean... I thought yeah, we were... The second part isn't, like, too, too, too heavy. Well, that would have been helpful, because um, I, I could have been more minute in my reading then. Um, I mean, not that it was a lot, but it was yeah, a lot to take worry. in. There's, yeah, there's not, there's okay. not much that you would have... I don't think you would have passed. Well, damn. Um, okay, good. Good to know. Um, okay, let's talk about that then. The 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 way he did the episodes, because I found yeah. it kind of interesting that he just starts it off on the next page instead of right. just having it be a chapter. Is that kind of like his version of a chapter? What's the reason for the parts versus the episodes? Do you know specifically? I mean, I know it's to match the Odyssey, um, but there's a few things. Uh, so. There's some, like, gimmicky, stupid Joyce. Like, the worst part of Joyce is, like, this gimmicky thing where, like, uh, in this case, notice that the first word of the book, Stately Plump Mulligan, starts with the letter S. The first letter of the fourth episode, i.e. the beginning of part two, starts with M. And then the first word I, I i i'm trying to find it but i i went too far um of the third one, one you mean second okay so yeah the the second part begins mr leopold Bloom. so remember that's m right and then there's well, a stupid stupid ass lame thing where the third part starts with p uh preparations or preparatory to anything else so smp is like this Jesuit thing of how they would set up like a proof, um, like a logical proof. Okay. I forget exactly what it means. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the, like the whole book is like S for first part, second part M, third part P. It's like this is all a logical proof. Oh. Uh, well, you know, my, my letters are really big. Suck. My letters are really <laughs> big. Are yours? So, no, but they kind of should be. The the typology he's he's trying to like emphasize those. I think they're supposed to be really big. It's uh, a full page. Dorky fucking dweebish. It's thing. a full page yeah. for mine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it's supposed to be. Cool. Uh, I think that was Joyce's original wishes, and it plays into the SMP thing. Yeah. Um, but also, this is just kind of how the Odyssey itself was set up, where, if I remember correctly, which I probably don't, it's 24 of these type of episodes or chapters or whatever. First four are the Telemachiad, and then the last four are also back in Ithaca, um, and the, the emphasis goes back to... Penelope and what's going on there, getting rid of the suitors. Um, but then that middle part, there's all those other episodes in the middle from 5 to 23-ish. Uh, those are, you know, Odysseus's 
Odyssey. Um, those are the, 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 the moments in that, that 20 years or whatever it was. Um, so yeah, it's kind of just, uh, mirroring the Odyssey itself. And yeah, it's, it, it's also a little bit, um, yeah, I mean, like Leopold Bloom is the main character. Leopold Bloom is probably, uh, the, the, yeah, the, he, he gets the most screen time because, yeah, I mean, his, his part, Mr. Leopold Bloom, the second part, and I mean, um, even the last part isn't necessarily all Penelope. Um, but yeah, his part from, you know, when he enters in the fourth part to the 17th part, um, uh, yeah, he gets, you know, he's going to be, be the one thinking and talking and walking around and stuff. Okay. Um, cause I mean, we get, it, it, it's a weird kind of, what, what, not misdirection, but. So the parts are like, yeah, the parts are like, Daedalus. the parts are kind of like books then. Yeah. Right. I mean, that, that's what they would, that's what they get translated as in, uh, okay. you know, most epic poems, book one, book two, book nine, book whatever. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, well then, I feel bad that I didn't focus more on episode one. <laughs> well, uh, I can go through. I don't know if I have that much. And then, I mean, we already talked about the technique. It's uh, kind of pretty, pretty deeply. That kind of like crossbreed between narrative, third-person narrative, and first-person interior monologue. We're kind of dipping our toes yeah. into that a little bit. And the symbol, the air, we already talked about how Daedalus is the usurped air, the usurped uh, Telemachus. Yeah, I think we talked about all those things I wanted to talk about. Okay. Um, other things I have underlined. Oh, snot green is actually going to come up. <laughs> Remember that term, <laughs> snot green. Um that 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 neologism or that invention of of Buck well, Mulligan. and you uh, know, for people, the new color for art for people who don't care for such a, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't want to say queasy. I'm not good with stuff like that. Like when you say snot green, my mind yeah. goes to snot, and then I I feel queasy a little yeah. bit, um, which I guess is normal. But I should be less. I think I should have more bravery about those things. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't like talking about farting and shitting and stuff like that. I don't know why. I guess it goes back probably back to childhood. Well, you'll you'll. But yeah, you I was gonna say farting and shitting. So I was gonna say, and I, there was a, pe- a part in one of the episodes where I think it was the last one, the third one that I read, where he took uh, he picked his nose and put it on the rock, yeah. and I was like, oh god, you know, I just had a slight little yeah. uh, uh, wince, you know. Um, so I do anticipate yeah. that yeah. based on what you said and based yeah. on the snot green and stuff like that. People Very frank. About, people say Leopold is like uh, Reb, Reb, like Rabelais, the Rabelaisian, Rabelaisian. There you go. Um, so yeah, any kind of compendious book like this uh, will necessarily have to include the vulgar. Uh, Joyce did not leave vulgarity just to the vulgarians, to the gogarties, to the mulligans of the world. He was <laughs> a uh, enjoyer and purveyor of the lewd uh, <laughs> himself. Um, Do you think so, he yeah, found freedom in that? Like, was it sort of a rejection? Was it a rejection of the 
uh, what well, he viewed as being fake or something. Ambition. I mean, if you're going to present life, you have to present mm. you yeah. know, people jerking off on the beach. Yeah. <laughs> like, you have to present people people taking a shit. Yeah. Um, or people jerking off on their wife, wife's butt. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, I mean, if, if your ambition is to just present life, you can't be squeamish, or you have to get over whatever squeamishness you have about presenting all of life, of all of life, yeah. So, but then there's pornography, and then there's, you know, there's different versions of, of ways of doing that. So, was his argument... Yeah, I mean, he talks about the kinetic, kinetic art, which makes you, like... Uh, you definitely are not horny. You're when getting you close to it. Horny. <laughs> yeah. So are you getting close? So in other words, is he trying we to? We are experiencing the, the, the sweets of sin, as uh, <laughs> you'll find is a resonant term. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, for whatever the the issues with legality, the censorship of this book, I would not call anything in it pornographic. Sexy or sexy. Um, yeah. Or meant to be... Uh, <laughs> yeah, I see what you're I mean, saying. It, it, I know what you mean. Just meant to be whatever it is. Right. Um, but I, but I guess what I'm trying to figure out is, was that hard for him to convey, you know, was, like, like, because you can write a sex scene, you know what I mean? And then, yeah. do, do you think he went back and made it where it was so frank and so obvious that it it was kind of ugly to the person reading it? Or was he trying to make it or did you not think about it? I well, don't know what I, I'm trying to say. I just hold off. I'll just hold okay, off. Okay, we'll see. Um, you'll see. You'll see what I'm talking about with the sexual content of the book. Okay. Um, and yeah, that's the answer. <laughs> that's all the answer I think you'll need. Okay, but yeah, that's something to anticipate. I know, so I'm, I'm, uh, I'm yeah. ready for it. Because I mean, this first chapter, there's nothing. I guess maybe like some faint blasphemy, but there's nothing that would hold this up in publication so far, right? No, not about publication, I mean, but I just mean the picking the nose thing well, I mean, and the stock. I dream. mean, because it was it wasn't legal for eleven years to transport this into America. Yeah, but that makes it uh, that makes it more ballsy. That makes it more cool to read. Which is just like, uh, yeah. Well, it did that, I guess. Um, yeah, and if you're reading it in 1923 and copying it in the late 1920s. Um, as a lot of American writers were somehow doing. You know what? I don't know if we did uh, this. Style. I don't know if we did this last time. We have 10 more minutes. I wondered if you had any uh, knowledge about the reception by people whose opinion, at least, that you care about back then. I mean, were people, even if they were, you know, smart people or good at, good at uh, accepting different kinds of art into their life, um, were some people just confused and uninterested or... Do you have any insight into that, into the reception among artists and people um, who read? I know more about actually Portrait of the Artist because there were, I mean, Joyce wasn't like this uh, as established yet. So you could kind of, it was, you know, more socially acceptable or there was more to have an opinion. oldsters, bald heads to like say, oh, this is trash. Um but yeah, as far as I know, I might have to reread some certain passages of, of Elman. But yeah, as far as I know, it's just like treated as, uh, yeah, as like a masterpiece when it came. I mean, okay. it kind of, there are, there were some readers, I think Edmund Wilson thought that like, it's too obscure. So like the 
resonance of the story itself of, you know, the spiritual son finding his spiritual father, um, that like, it's, it, it's a little bit obscured by all the like Ulysses stuff and all the, all the technical stuff that he's doing. Um, and Edmund Wilson was like a pretty, I mean, he's a pretty renowned, uh, critic. So yeah, there, there wasn't necessarily, uh, unanimous support. I know that, uh, uh, I don't know if anybody cares what Carl Jung thought about books. Uh, but Carl, I just thought you were gonna say T. S. Eliot. Like, <laughs> I thought you were gonna say T. S. Eliot. <laughs> Based on our well, previous conversation, he probably I, loved I, it, I right? Have no idea. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, um, I don't know either. Um, but I did see something yeah, about Carl Young, who a lot of the things. Well, Carl Young treated him and his daughter, I think, or at least his daughter, and then he read his the daughter. Book. Yeah. His daughter was uh, schizophrenic, and um, yeah, uh, Joyce was in Uruk. Uh, Yurik. I'm thinking about Hamlet too much. Joyce was in Zurich too, uh, which is where Jung worked um, and lived and built a tower to his house. Um, I and saw of underground penis kings. Uh, so yeah, what? Uh, <laughs> Jung didn't get it, but then he, uh, given like the reception and the like uh, over the years, how it became enshrined as this. Uh, canonical work he came around to it well, i was gonna say uh, i read I don't know if he became a better reader but i think it got it, it it became so canonical that i think people just had to accept it the, <laughs> or be well that's a but that non-cosmopolitan but that goes back to our issue with teaching things in school you know because it's like you said sort of about Portrait of the Artist being easier to dismiss or, or actually being honest about. I mean, yeah. I do think you have to challenge yeah, yourself as a reader, and it's hard to come up against the reputation, I mean, to make your own judgment. So that is sort of, I think, a barrier to people reading it, maybe. Um, because you're, you're, yeah. told, you're told to, be, to that it's beloved and you have to love it, basically, right? Um, yeah, there's kind of a turgidity, turgidity. You can't have any reaction if you're like, I have to like this or else I'm a simpleton. Right, exactly. Um, and yeah, you, you you just can't have any reaction then. Um, um, you have to kind of forget. <laughs> I mean, it's impossible to forget this is James Joyce uh, because it's autobiographical and all that shit. Well, um, the words are fun. The the the, the style yeah. of the style of the dialogue which we had in Portrait of the Artist, with it being so fast and so without quotation marks, mm -hmm. um, that reads fun. Although I, he does keep the. He does keep the Homeric thing of like every time somebody says something, it's like Mulligan said. said. It's almost yep, that yep. like epitaph that. A, a, That's uh, true. Because like in in the original Greek, the epitaph would be like wise or Posimon uh, Telemachus. Well, it said. took me a second to um, figure out that Stephen was the 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 brainchild or the uh the the what am i trying to say the guy who was basically driving the the plot for the the episode um it took me a page oh, yeah. or two it took me a page like, like you said where he well, says I mean, it doesn't necessarily start because it's it starts with bug mulligan, mulligan is yeah the book yeah although notice i mean stately is not necessarily a compliment <laughs> um <laughs> to those of us who uh like joyce would not not see the state as a uh complimentary thing um so yeah it doesn't necessarily start from his perspective and he like uh yeah it's like line 11 then catching sight of Stephen Daedalus so yeah we're not we, we kind of start 
we get to Stephen Dataless's point of view. Like I said, it's it, it's this mixture of third person and first person. Although the third person does like follow Dataless for the rest of the right. pages. It's like being on a, a kind of like a ride. You know, you feel very uh, disoriented some of the time, and then you find your place, and then you know he's oh, thinking. He's thinking about something else, talking about the moon, talking about the sun, and then he's talking about, you know, all kinds of things, you know, about Irish history and allusions to religion. And you're like, oh, my God, this is this is going to be a wild ride. You know what I mean? So, um, well, yeah, I mean, you've read Proteus, so I get the sense you're uh, reacting the third. Oh. The third, the third part. I mean, um, yeah, you mean, yeah, I know, what you which mean. is it's, called Proteus. It becomes way more uh, abstract. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the that chapter. I mean, we'll talk about this. Uh, yeah, we'll talk about it later. The the, the, tel- <laughs> the 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 naval telephone that goes back to Adam and Eve zero 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 one Alpha Alpha. Uh, whatever I haven't re- I haven't reread it in, in years I can't I can't recite it off the top of my head but yeah that great little paragraph but that is uh, oof that is not easy to follow it's not like uh, aggressively easy to follow okay but yeah um, cool I enjoyed I did enjoy reading it I looked forward to completing it when I was continuing to read so that's a good sign right. So I'm excited to... I think to... you got through... Proteus, I think, might be the hardest. Um, other than the length of some of the other other, It was stuff, very hard, yeah. Um, as far as with, like, difficulty, um, maybe the last monologue, which doesn't have any punctuation. I don't know. I don't think that's very hard to read from my, my how, how I recall it. But I think Proteus is probably... Because it's just, it's just all in Stephen's head and it's jumping around so much. Um that's probably the most difficult. Leopold Bloom, like I said, his 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 interior monologue, his silent monologue, is a lot uh, more. It's a lot less uh, disorganized. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He's less jammed full of illusions. It's not as elusive as as Stephen. Which I don't know if you could be more. <laughs> he's just he's just snapping them off. Well, do you think that's a do you think that's a um a fault or I mean a a criticism? But, or do you think that's just Stephen's character? So it illustrates how yeah, he thinks. Yeah, it's Stephen's character, so right. I'm not going to... Right, I agree, um, I agree. Because it is yeah. a very interesting evolution from... I thought it was... I thought, like you said, he was more, he was more cynical. He was more starkly yeah. different than the others. Um, even though, mm-hmm. you know, in The Portrait of the Artist, he grew to become very determined. Yeah. Uh, in his path, but he's on the path at this point. He's not thinking about being on the path, you know? So it was different. Yeah. It was, it was interesting to, to read it right after having read that portrait of the artist. So, um, I do recommend yeah. reading that, that first. <laughs> Maybe, but what reading this first portrait of the artist first. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. It's a weird, it's a, it's and weird. Like it's like reading them as close as possible. There you go. I, I, the first time I, I read Ulysses was maybe a year and a half after I read Portrait of the Artist. So it was, I mean, school got in the way, as it does. I, I recommend, you know, uh, I'm sure you do this more than me, but you, you like to, I, as I understand it, you like to indulge yourself in one writer, right? And read a, a number of oh, books. Oh, yeah, that's a, that's a typical thing I've, I've done over time is, yeah. Having read um, Dubliners to Portrait Having read Dubliners to Portrait of the Artist to Ulysses, that's that that was a really interesting 
that's a really interesting feeling. Yeah. To see the evolution of somebody. It's yeah. like watching someone go insane almost. His you know writing, I mean? his thinking. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, usually I don't do it as well as we're doing it now. Usually I'll just read like Brideshead Revisited and then go back. And well, it's so the, easy. You know, it's so easy with Joyce. You read before that. Uh, but yeah, Joyce, is, and, and it's like, I mean, Portrait of the Artist is basically the first five chapters of this book. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, Obviously, like not with the you know Ulysses pairing, but yeah, it, it's that to this is like so clear. And then we'll see about this to Finnegan's Wake. <laughs> That's a a bit of a jump. Yeah, I'm glad you liked it. I'm All glad right. it works. The the kind of sequencing. Well, let's keep our plan. You know, we'll do episode two next week. I'll reread, um, so I'd be yeah. better prepared. That'll be good anyway because it was sort of. It was like a water hose, like I said. So I would like to reread it. Yeah. And, um, yeah, we can go. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, some of these early chapters are pretty short, but it'll definitely pay off. Okay. You know, if we kind of comb through. And then when we get to the 100-page chapters, we can, uh, yeah, have, have that set up, have, have the references and everything set up. 